Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Have you ever felt like you've tried everything to heal from the pain of sexual abuse and yet nothing seems to really be helping? Well, one of the reasons why most people struggle to break free from the pain of past child abuse is because the techniques out there are positioned as a one-size-fits-all answer. What I want you to know is that there are actually three distinct phases on the path to recovery. And I'd love to share with you about these phases what issues you must resolve to move to the next phase, and what kinds of support you'll need in order to move forward as quickly and completely as possible. The road to recovery is much easier when you know what stage you're in and what to do next. So don't hesitate. Go to www.rachelgrantcoaching.com slash checklist and get your nine-page guide today. Now, on to our show. Welcome everyone to Beyond Surviving, the safe space for survivors of childhood sexual abuse to receive support, resources, and share their stories. Beyond Surviving is about freedom, healing, connection, and even laughter and fun. Most importantly, it's about letting go of the pain of abuse and finally moving on. I'm Rachel Grant, and for those of you who don't yet know me, I've been a sexual abuse recovery coach since 2007, and I'm the author of Beyond Surviving, the final stage of recovery from sexual abuse. You can learn more about me and the Beyond Surviving program at rachelgrantcoaching.com. 
Now today, folks, I'm so very excited to have here with me my guest, Frances Goodall. She is going to be sharing with us about the power of healing trauma and illness in community. And I'm very excited to be exploring this topic because I know for so many of you listening, you have trauma symptoms and you're also dealing with other things like illness, chronic fatigue, these sorts of things, which are trickle down effects of abuse. And we're going to get into that and talk about that here today. Now, Frances is a therapist, coach, trainer, speaker, mother, and author of the You Can Heal Chronic Illness, The Lotus Process, Eight Steps to Health and Happiness. Over five years, she went from housebound with chronic fatigue to running half marathons, and she's since spent a decade dedicating her life to supporting hundreds of women to recover their health. Frances is a master emotional freedom technique trainer, an advanced practitioner, a Gupta amygdala retraining coach, and a health recovery coach. So you can learn more about Frances and all of the amazing work that she does at FrancisGoodall.com. And that link will be here in our show notes um, so you can easily go there um, and connect with her. So Frances, I am so excited for you to be here with us today. Welcome, welcome. Oh, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here too. Thank you for having me. So when we first got connected, I was immediately excited because I know based on, you know, uh, evidence and data and uh, research like the ACE study, the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study um, conducted by Vincent Felitti, that there is a strong correlation between abuse, trauma symptoms, and illness, particularly chronic illness. And so um, I want to hear a little bit about what led you to do the work that you do today that's so very important in addressing this other side of healing that many um, survivors of trauma are going to be facing. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for that, Rachel. So, um, yeah, well, I, as I think you said in my intro, really, but I had chronic fatigue syndrome um, from age 19 to 24. Um, I've been fully well for over 12 years now. Um, but, yeah, I... I suddenly was sort of pulled out of my life at university and um, doing my studies into sort of a world of being too unwell to leave the house and that kind of thing, um, which initially, you know, I just thought was entirely physical, but I had no idea why I was so unwell and uh, what was causing the fatigue and the headaches and the weakness and all these symptoms I was getting that, that caused me to leave my degree and to be back at home with my mom and um, to spend five years essentially being unwell. But I, it was a very up and down journey for me of gradually getting my health back. Um, and I explored many different tools and techniques to sort of gradually learn that um, a lot of my symptoms were to do with chronic stress and ultimately to do with trauma as well. And to gradually sort of peel back the layers of what was going on, what was perpetuating the illness, um, some of you know, what led to the illness and that sort of thing. And working through all those different layers to gradually get my energy and health back and then to be able to eventually learn to sustain it as well. Because there was, yeah, there were certain patterns of behavior that I was in that as soon as I got a bit better, I'd be like, try and be superwoman again or like right. go back into sort of achiever <laughs> or helping yeah. others or avoiding conflict and all these different patterns I had that sort of meant that I kept being ill again for a while before I learned to stay in my health again and then that just really inspired my work you know working helping other people on a similar kind of health journey and trauma healing journey um, and um, yeah everything I do today. So. Yeah 
So I want to go back to that place of, you know, those five years when life was in so many ways at a standstill for you, it sounds like. You know, you're on a path, you're trucking along in your life, you know, you're getting things done. And then I know for many of my clients who are dealing with chronic fatigue and other chronic illnesses, there's often this moment where it's like, okay, I just can't keep pushing anymore, right? Like there's just this breakdown or something happens where all of the health issues just kind of come forward. And it is, I think, I've never experienced that personally, but my sense of it is that it's very jarring, it's scary, it's like, oh my gosh, like what's happening to my life? And can you talk a little bit about being in that place for our listeners who might be there right now and are feeling scared or hopeless? Um, you know, what was that like for you and, and what did you tap into that helped you kind of keep going and keep moving forward um, to find the resources and find the help that you needed to to heal? Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, I mean, it was just to validate that it yeah it is a very scary experience to um, suddenly have your like sort of life, you're like the rug pulled out from under you, you know, you think I thought I was sort of a healthy person, you know, with a good social life and doing well at university having you know achieved well travel I traveled the world before for a year before I got on well you know I wasn't expecting that to happen so I think that that part in itself can become a little bit of a trauma in itself like the mm. symptoms developing all the unknowns about why they're there what do I do about it and and all the emotional effect of of getting all these strange symptoms you know it, it yeah it's 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 really really difficult time but I suppose um what kept me kind of well I, I think initially I didn't really know what to do and I just sort of started watching daytime television wasn't really doing anything sure well <laughs> right <laughs> check but out time I, right yeah. It. yeah feel that but yeah. then once I started to sort of read about recovery stories or I met someone who had got better from chronic fatigue syndrome I started to think well if they can do it I can do it too you know what have they done what do I need to do and I started reading inspiring stories reading about healing yourself through yoga and meditation and different kind of things and then gradually started to you know have things to hold on to I started doing a daily meditation oh, yeah. practice I started doing a daily relaxation practice and I would notice an effect on my physical symptoms you know quite soon after doing them that they just feel a little bit calmer my system would feel better so you know I had something to sort of hold on to to keep practicing and believing that if I keep going on this path that I'm going to unpick these different layers that are causing the illness um mm -hmm. and uh, that I can I can get better and I wouldn't always have that faith but yeah. you know the next thing would inspire me and that sort of thing going. kept going yeah yeah yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that we notice, which honestly, I think this is, uh, this is runs parallel with the, the process of healing from trauma is you're making progress, things are getting better, and then something happens and like, wham, you feel like you're kind of back at the beginning, which you never really are, you're never really all the way back at the beginning. But something happens where you lose your footing or you're having a bad day. And I know for a lot of survivors of abuse and trauma that that, you know, that takes a toll on our, our feelings of hope and our perseverance and our resilience. And, um, you know, for me, in those moments where I would feel like I'm making progress, oh, now I'm not. It was really difficult some days to keep moving and to keep trying and um, to, to stay in it, if you will, and to not just say, well, to hell with it all and check out and, and give up. And um, when you had those moments of seeing, okay, I'm doing these things, it's making you know, a difference, I'm feeling better, and then you'd have a day where all of that seemed to just kind of go away. 
Um, what did you say to yourself or what did you do in those moments um, to make it through those times? Yeah, I would say I often went through a bit of a process. So like initially I'd give up, I'd go like, oh, I'm here again, you know, it's helpless. I'm never going to get better. I'm always going to get ill again. I can't, you know, I can't do this. And then I'd go through a process of learning to accept, okay, this is just where I am now. It's just another dip on the road to health. And it actually really helped when I saw a graph of the road to recovery from chronic fatigue. It's not like that, you know, it is right. like not that. So really understand that. And, and I found that the more I could just accept okay this is where I am now or even like have a wave of grief about oh no I'm back here again it was like something would release in me and then I'd surrender and then I'd start to pick up again so it was kind of like a little journey I went on each time (laughs) resistance yeah acceptance surrender and then I love that resistance acceptance surrender (laughs) yeah so that's really and then healing at the end right and so I I love that. And thank you so much for naming that. So for those of you who are listening, you know, this is a really important piece to to pay attention to. We're going to get into, you know, what you can do and some of the steps of healing and these sorts of things. But one of the most critical things is in that process, knowing that there's going to be these ups and downs and what you do in those dips is really critical because that can be the place where you can get stuck. And then just remain. And so use the, this process here even of like, okay, like throw your temper tantrum about it. Like it's really okay to like get upset and be scared and be feeling the way that you're feeling. Name that, acknowledge it, and then come into that place of like, okay, it's just how it is right now. It's not permanent. I'm still moving. I'm still heading in the direction that I want to go. And then come back into that place of, you know, a stress release and symptoms sorry not symptoms like strategy right go back mm-hmm. to your toolkit and what helps mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and so all of this added up Frances to inspiring you to writing this book and and mm-hmm. sharing about your journey and what you learned particularly around healing from chronic illness because mm-hmm. this often is a thing where people um, feel like it's a lifelong sentence it's just how it's going to be there's no way out of this And in this process of writing the book, you came to these steps, um, Mm. a process for Mm. for healing. And I'd love for you to break that down. What did you discuss? Great. Um, Well, so so about this eight-step process of what's required, it's not necessarily a linear process. Um, You might go back a step and that sort of thing. But the first step is about the power of learning acceptance and surrender, the words I just used a a moment ago, that we can't heal unless we first start to accept that this is that this condition is here for now for whatever reason it's here for now and if we just totally resist that then we're creating more stress so the more we can just accept it's here for now and maybe start to surrender and trust in something bigger that we that we can heal that we have that potential within us we have that healing potential um so the first step is on acceptance and surrender and the second step is on but we can't just obviously just accept because then we're not going to necessarily do we commit to healing we can't <laughs> just, accept, right. just accept forever so the next That's step right. is about the power of belief and we have mm-hmm. to believe we can heal and we have to also commit to a process of healing and believe that it's working for us and that and that is really powerful in itself and to really get behind a system to heal ourselves and a tool tools a toolkit to heal ourselves mm-hmm. and that kind of thing and then the next step is around um developing our self-care and our inner resources and developing our routines in a way that really supports that so that might look like having a daily meditation practice in the morning maybe doing a little bit of movement in the morning too and it might look like 
doing some relaxation in the afternoon or yoga nidra or and it might look like regularly having a way that you reset your nervous system throughout the day so regularly pausing and having mindful moments or kind of releasing yourself of unhelpful thoughts and that sort of thing so having some kind of system and ways that we support ourselves mm. and resource ourselves and then the next step's about but not only doing it on our own so what sort of community and support can we draw on for that healing which I mean I've developed a body of work called the women's wellness circle which is all about gathering women together to support each other to heal and and to inspire each other and to feel held in a container of other women that are on a similar journey and the power of healing community I know that you know you harness that in your work with your incredible Facebook group as well so yeah the power of community and feeling kind of resource not on our own not feeling isolated it's Mm. just so important um and 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 i think it's important for women and men but there's something about as well women when they experience stress have a slightly different response to stress and and much 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 stress research has been on done on men rather than on women whereas women release a lot more oxytocin into their system when they're stressed as a way of encouraging them to sort of reach out to each other and to to then to nurture the young as well um so there's something around that that sort of power for women particularly yeah um and then looking at overcoming blocks to healing. So step five is all about sort of the, the blocks to healing. Our unconscious blocks, there can be protector parts of us that think that maybe we need, need the illness to protect us from someone or from the world because the world's a dangerous place and those sort of things. But I also talk in the block section about the sort of personality traits that can evolve as a result of early trauma or early conditioning, like a lot of people who develop chronic fatigue for example, have, have been very strong, like achievers in their life, but very maybe very focused on external success and achievement and then driven themselves into symptoms or like very focused on helping others or pleasing others um, and those sort of ha- habits and maybe avoiding conflict at all costs. So how, those sort of blocks, how do we overcome those sort of blocks as well? And then, and then we look at the power of developing a purpose to be well. Um, a purpose that often has to be something bigger than yourself um, yeah. something that you want to step into as you get well um, and I also talk about authenticity in this chapter as well like the power of becoming more your authentic self in the world and in your relationships and that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, and then and then the power of healing your past and I think for that step it's interesting because a lot of the people I work with might not be that resource to do deep trauma work initially because their systems are so ill like it's like that's why I put that a bit later so that they've done some of that pre- that work to prepare almost for the sort of deeper healing trauma work which can be also quite quite tiring as well and like you know if they've not got much energy or resources to really face that sort of stuff so it's like building up to that I mean for me healing the past and healing trauma continued after I got well like it's like I just had to take enough of the load off enough of the stress off for my system to be well but I've the last 12 years I've carried on doing my trauma healing work um mm-hmm. you know so that's continued um, but I also talk about things like ancestral trauma as well, you know, which a lot of yeah. I find a lot of people hold ancestral trauma and different pieces around that and attachment issues and different things like that. And then um, and the final step's about sustaining our health. So, so what sort of steps help us to sustain what we've achieved? Because I do, I do see this quite a bit where people get a lot better and then they just go maybe back into a really busy life or try and get the job that they used right. to have, something similar, and recreate the life that almost created the illness and then get ill again, you know. So, so how... How do you make sure you really stay on the right path that's going to support you in sustaining that health as well? Mm. So, yeah. 
Man, so, you know, you are speaking my language here because, yeah, <laughs> I love process. I love steps. And I totally hear you that, like, sometimes you wiggle around in this and it's not necessarily yeah. like boom, boom, boom. One is done yeah. and then on to the next. Yeah. You might come back and revisit some pieces. But what I also really love about the structure that you're developing is it's it is supporting those who have experienced trauma in addressing the impact of that abuse and trauma on their system. And then when they have a little more resilience, a little more health, a little more strategy and capacity for system regulation, they can go into looking at the trauma. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I model in my program as well. And I think it's really, um, I love it when I hear other people working this way. I'm like, yay, confirmation. <laughs> because, you know, we need to give people those foundations in, before we stress their system more and taking them into trauma. And so mm -hmm. I really want to highlight this for those of you who are listening, because when you're out there and you're advocating for yourself and you're looking for resources to help you in healing, be mindful about asking these sorts of questions of whoever your helper is going to be, whether it be a therapist or a coach, uh, whatever. What is the process that you're going to use here with me? What are we going to be doing? And, you know, sometimes there are places where we just need to land and just talk about and we don't need process, we don't need steps, we don't need tools. And that's okay if you're at that place in your journey. But if you're feeling like you're past that part, and you're more looking at what do I do about this? How do I resolve these symptoms? Then you want to find people who understand at this level, kind of the order of operations of what needs to happen. I want to go back to the piece about community. Mm. Um, and, and highlight that a little bit more because um, I think this is one of the, the easiest ways that we end up uh, staying stuck in our trauma and stuck in our illness is the I'm the only one. This mm. is only happening to me. Nobody else is going through this. And, um, and I find it so fascinating that even in a world where we can be connected to thousands of people in like a second, we still find this way as human beings to run this story on ourselves that we're the only ones and we're alone in this. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, not just getting into community and the importance of being in community, but the resistance to that. And what do you notice in your clients helps them get past the story of I'm only, I'm the only one, this is just me. And that place of resisting, even reaching out to create, step into community. What do you notice about that, Francis? Yeah, I noticed that that I have that some people do have resistance to the process of stepping into community for different reasons. Um, but um, that that you know that it is so powerful when that once that once they do actually uh, do that and explore that. Um, and um, I mean, recognizing that we are we are social beings and we work often best when we're in community. That's how we thrive. That's how we're naturally sort of wired to be. It's more in community. I think modern society does isolate some people um, more than ideally would be healthy. So really cultivating a sense of community locally and also online is it can be really helpful. And obviously for many people who have chronic illnesses, they maybe can't leave the home. So actually that, that online supportive community can be can be a lifeline while they're getting their health strong enough to be able to develop more sort of in-person community as well. Um, and I have had like people that have been very resistant to joining a group. 
but then but then once they sort of explore it and try it they realize how much they get from it and how much they receive from that and how much they also want to give back to that sort of community as well um so yeah I don't know if that kind of speaks to what you were talking about but yeah yeah you know I, I think first of all just recognizing where your resistance is it can be yeah. you know stories like I don't belong or I don't fit yeah. in um nobody's going to understand me anyway I think these are kind of common um yeah. beliefs that people who have experienced trauma have and then there's yeah. just the, the straight up fear of being vulnerable right and yeah. I've trusted people in the past I've shared my story with people in the past and it hasn't gone well and something's yeah. happened and so it really is this um, dance of recognizing and acknowledging that, yeah, you've had those experiences. They're real. We're not discounting them. And also being open to the possibility and the opportunity that not all communities are like that or not all people are like that. Yeah. Don't miss out, right? Yeah. yeah. So feeling safe, finding a community, if you're really safe to be yourself and to be vulnerable as well and I have had some people resisting community because they're scared they're going to be affected by other people's stories and, that, yeah, that, and that's going to have an impact so I think for instance we, we've spent a lot of time really thinking about the group guidelines for our women's one circle community yeah. Facebook group and like really sort of making sure the guidelines help to keep as many people as possible feeling safe but also able to share authentically and getting that right balance that's not sort of people aren't triggering each other all over the place as well and that sort of thing so yeah. so yeah so thinking through all those things really well so it's, yeah really safe but also constructive environment for healing a really mm -hmm. healing environment yeah yeah. yeah, it's so important, folks. You know, I know you, I'm sure you, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you've heard me say it more times than once, <laughs> you know, that we have to find ways to connect with each other. We cannot heal in isolation. Mm -hmm. And so um, Frances is going to share with us a little bit more about some of the communities she's created. If you're dealing with chronic illness that you can come and connect with. And I'll also speak a little bit to some of the communities I have so that at the end of this podcast, you have at least that step. If nothing else, you can start to connect into some community. Frances, the other thing that I really love about the work that you do um, that really resonates with me is that you're not all theory. <laughs> it's not about nice ideas. It really is about going from understanding what's happening and why you're experiencing chronic illness as a result of chronic stress and activation of the amygdala and all of these things. Um, but that then, you know, you give your clients um, actual tools for mm -hmm. healing. And I'd love for you to maybe pick one or two of your favorites <laughs> and, um, and share those um, with right. us today. And oh, actually yeah. do a little practice or just share a little bit about them, Mimi. Either way, if you want okay. to lead people through like a little something that they can do right here while they're listening, a little meditation or reflection or exercise, yeah, let's do it. Um, if you want to talk more kind of broadly. Mm, sure, sure. Well, one of the practices we often um, talk about as foundation of the women's wellness circle is something we call the oxytocin rinse or self-massage practice so the power if we if we're making contact with our bodies we can initiate a flush of oxytocin which can help to soothe our systems and it's a, a hormone of love and connection and, and can be very beneficial so so we invite women to sort of massage the crown of their heads and then um, okay. And you know, I kind of this morning that feels good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, maybe like stretch out of forehead, yeah. massage, um, temples, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and uh, in you know, into the, into the sort of shoulders mm -hmm. and then down the arms, 
And then we also do include the breasts as well and the chest area. Mm-hmm. And if men are listening mm-hmm. to, yeah, get in there, ladies. <laughs> really know stressful. your body, love your body. Oh yeah, yes. oxytocin releasing, and then around the belly and making yeah. some contact with the kidneys as well. Like rubbing mm. the kidneys can be really yeah. soothing for the system. So that's that's one of the sort of foundational practices we often do at the start of any kind of any coaching calls and that kind of thing we do. But we also um, introduce emotional freedom technique or EFT, sure. which is tapping on acupuncture points. I'm sure many of you have experienced or know about that. And that, that can be incredibly powerful. Um, and we can work through sort of layers of emotion and belief and fears and thoughts um, and trauma ultimately as well um, to help sort of clear that out of our energy systems and, and calm our amygdala around different things. And it's really mm. powerful. Yeah, beautiful. Let's go back to the self-massage for just a moment. Yeah. Um, so for some um, of you, when you're doing this self-massage practice, you might start to notice activation. So mm. for a lot of survivors of abuse, you become detached from your body, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And so this sort of self-touch can be very soothing, but it could also mm. be activating because you're used to kind of being self and then body as these two separate yeah you know, entities. And so, you know, starting with your kind of head or even just Mm -hmm. zones or areas that you know um, are, we'll call them safe zones, if you will, places that don't hold a lot of body memory or trigger Mm -hmm. and starting there to just, you know, begin that capacity. I know, you know, when I started this practice of getting to know my body and feeling comfortable mm. in my body. Mm. I really, it was like my hands and my feet. That's just where I went, you know, mm. hands and, feet, and that was it. Um, and, and then that, you know, progressively evolved. But if you start to notice that you're getting activated, what would you recommend for people? Do they just stop or do they stay with it for another little moment and then stop? What's your, what's your recommendation? Yeah, I would just say, I mean, just go with what, yeah, what you feel safe with for now in your, in terms of massaging and touching your own, your own body, you know, what, what really helps you to feel safe, you know, is, is, is giving yourself a hug enough? Mm-hmm. Is it, like you said, is it just your head and massaging your feet? Clearly going with what, you know, what you're comfortable with at the moment and then gradually working up to feeling safer, you know, safer and safer in your body and, and with 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 touch and coming into your body more and more um yeah and i, I mean i guess it's it's i mean it's, it's you know it's a safe way to start with touch is to just is, is holding and touching and massaging yourself you know and then clearly you can build up gradually to being safe to be massaged by someone else potentially as well and, and that's mm-hmm. the thing it can be a powerful healing but also yeah has to be at the right pace for the pace for the person and, yeah. Um, yeah beautiful so life is very different for you these days, and you're up to some really amazing things. You're coaching, and you're working one-on-one, and you're running workshops and online groups and all of these fabulous things now that you have gained your health. And I love that last piece that you talked about as well, sustaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's something I talk with my clients a lot about because, you know, the Beyond Surviving program ultimately is about a lifestyle to keep the brain and the nervous system healthy. It's just like any other part of our body, like our digestive tract or our muscles. We have to continue to do things, to exercise those parts of our bodies. And so when it comes to um, keeping ourselves mentally, emotionally healthy, 
it's not, it, I would say that it stops being so much effort, like, right? It doesn't take as much, like you're not as consciously like having to like really think about it. And it starts to just become a part of your process and your daily routines and, and what you do to keep yourself healthy and well. And so you have mastered that and are doing that in many, many ways. And that's what's really creating this space for you to be able to pass on what you've learned. And I want to really highlight that for all of you who are listening, because that's another powerful piece of Frances's process, which is purpose. Mm. Ooh, and clearly you found your purpose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I used to visualize myself doing the work I do today, you know, right? when I was six. So, yeah. Right. Isn't that something? I mean, same here. You know, when we're in the pain of our experience, we very seldom can see like what it can actually become. Mm. But we have that opportunity as we tackle, you know, the trauma, as we tackle the illness. Mm. And so can you talk a little bit about um, how people can connect with you and the opportunities they have for um, jumping into your community and getting support? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, you can find out more about my work at francisgoodall.com and that's f-r-a-n-c-e-s and then g-o-o-d-a-l-l francisgoodall.com and also womenswellnesscircle.com that's womenswellnesscircle.com um yeah so i offer one-to-one sessions and i also offer small group coaching for women and um, and also a women's wellness circle community group which is sort of a big a larger group um and i've also got an upcoming eft for healing chronic illness course which runs from the 27th of Feb the 20th or 28th of Feb to the 28th of March um 2019 so if you want to find out more about that then email joanne at womenswellnesscircle.com that's joanne at womenswellnesscircle.com um and yeah it's an absolute joy to do the work I do today from the journey that I've had and I'm still I'm still really inspired and, and love what I do and um and um yeah and we and the Women's Wellness Circle also hold a yearly event where we interview some experts of uh, feminine sort of healing, awakening, empowerment, um, and that sort of thing as well. And that's, that, that will be in uh, May this year. Um, oh, nice. So, yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Okay, so folks, I'll put all of those links in um, the show notes so you can be sure to connect with Frances um, at the wellness, womenswellnesscircle.com or francisgadal.com. And be sure to reach out um, about this EFT course that's coming up um, in February, March as well. Frances, any final words for our listeners today? Oh, just just to really reassure you that, you know, so much is possible in terms of healing yourself. And actually, I think when you've been through some kind of trauma, often you end up being ultimately happier and more awake than you would be otherwise. And it's a difficult journey, but it can bring many rewards. So, yeah. Yeah. Cheers to that. I love that. (laughs) Thank you. It's been such a joy to connect with you today and have you on as my guest. I just really appreciate you and the work that you're doing out in the world. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Rachel. I appreciate your work too. Thank you. (laughs) And thank you everybody for tuning in and joining us today. Don't forget to visit rachelgrantcoaching.com to learn more about sexual abuse recovery coaching and explore the resources available on the site, including the link to my monthly support group, um, Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. You can find that in the resources section. And that's another great place to connect in and join community. And please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a note if you like what you're hearing and uh, come back next time because we have so much more to share. Until then, take good care of you.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.